You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with J and J. All right, everybody. Hey, we're back and we're back with another guest. His name is Andrew. We cannot give his last name. The reason yeah. being is Andrew is a missionary to a persecuted Asian country. And that's the best way. Yeah, that's the best way we that. can put it. Yeah. So that we don't jeopardize anything he's doing in that persecuted Asian country. We're super excited. Uh, we've never had a guest like this. No, here. I'm excited. You're the first guest that is actually a missionary to a persecuted You're Asian actually country. the first guest that we didn't know beforehand, unless you knew him. I had met him once I, at a prayer conference. He didn't necessarily remember it. That's okay. <laughs> but I met him yesterday, and then I immediately asked him, would you be willing to do a podcast? He's like, absolutely. Now, oh, I remember awesome. the prayer conference. I just didn't remember you. <laughs> I remember the word that you was know, taught. I didn't need John. that <laughs> definition. We, of we're, we should have fun while we're doing this. So <laughs> We are. Uh, Andrew, in any way you'd like, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, well, I'm just, first of all, so thankful to have this opportunity to come and yeah. share with you guys and um, speak to your audience. And hopefully that this pre uh, podcast can just glorify God and give people information so they can be uh, better educated yeah. on, you know, uh, different nations that they've never been to. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Pastor Jonathan, is there anything you want to say? I don't know. I don't know what I'm allowed to say. <laughs> we were briefed before this. The reason I am yeah. saying persecuted Asian country so mm -hmm. many times is so I don't say the actual country uh, in the podcast. So I'm trying to prime myself. Yeah. Um, I probably, it's probably best that I don't say much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. Now you and said. hopefully ask a thought provoking yeah. question or two. Andrew, that you had a couple scriptures that you'd like to yeah. share about missions. Maybe that's a great spot to launch off of. I think the word of God is a great spot to Amen. grow from. And I do grow from the word. So would you mind sharing those yeah. scriptures and maybe what's on your heart about missions yeah. that you want to share to our audience? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I think that, um, the Bible is very clear that the reason that God blessed Abraham, uh, was to be a blessing to the nations. And if we look in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 18, it says in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And so, you know, we look at God wants us blessed because, you know, we're blessed in Christ Jesus. Um, but oftentimes I think we forget one of the main reasons God blessed Abraham was so that we would be a blessing to the nations. Uh, it says, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And so that's what I believe is just really ties straight in a direct connection to the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Um, Jesus came to preach the gospel to the poor. And so, and the gospel to the poor is they don't have to be poor anymore. They don't have to be sick anymore. Yeah. They don't have to be um, bound by sin and, and addictions anymore. Yeah. And so um, Genesis twenty two eighteen really is an encouragement to me. Um, and then one other scripture that just goes along with that, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. It says, um, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And why is it in verse 14, it says, why are the blessings coming? It says that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. And so I believe that's just another way God's pointing, I'm blessing you in Christ, I'm redeeming you in Christ, um, so that you can be a blessing to the Gentiles with the gospel, um, because the gospel sets people free. 
Um, and so, um, and then one other one, I'll just, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 10 through 18. Um, and, uh, if you read that whole, you know what? I might just read it. Uh, Let's read it. Let's read it. It says, um, when you've eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord, your God for the good land, which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord, your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. So God wants you to have beautiful houses. Verse 13, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied. So God wants you to have multiplied silver and gold. So anybody that tells you you shouldn't have gold or money or finances. (laughs) You got to take it up with the word. They're not being biblical. Yeah. I'll just read that again. And when your herds and your flocks. (laughs) Yeah multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty lands where there was no water who brought water for you out of the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end, that you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for he it, it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. And so I've heard a lot of people quote verse 18, where it says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. But they don't oftentimes, and some do, but oftentimes I've heard people quote verse 18 without starting really in context in verse 10, which he, it's very, it's actually a warning. He says, when you've eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he's given you. So he's, he's admonishing us to give glory to God, that, that he's the one that's blessed us with all these things. And most people are pretty good at that. Um, but he, the warning comes in verse 11 where he says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his judge, judgments and his statutes, which I command you this day. And he goes on to say, you know, when he blesses you with all these things, um, you don't want to forget because it's God that's actually done that for you. And I think in America, it's easy for us to be so blessed with the houses and the lands and the riches. Um, but not forget that it was God who blessed us with those things. And the reason he blessed us with those things is so we could be a, in Abraham, in Christ, which in Christ were heirs of Abraham's seed, um, were blessed to be a blessing to the nations. The inflow is supposed to have an outflow. The inflow exactly. of the blessing is supposed to have an outflow of the blessing. Amen. Yeah. Now, this is a thought that came up. You made mention of the houses, the lands, the gold. And I've heard people say, hey, that's great. It works in the United States. We're a blessed people. Do you have a hard time ministering to that in maybe a more impoverished land in Asia? Or do you teach it just the same way with the same expectation? I teach it the same way with the same expectation. How does that work in a impoverished land? Uh, it just takes people to obey the word of God. There's power in the gospel. There's power in the word of God. And um, Abraham left his family in his home and God still blessed him in another land. And so um, if the gospel doesn't work in Asia, in Africa, mm-hmm. in, in third world countries, in Middle Eastern countries, 
then it's not the gospel. And the power of the gospel is the word of God. But the key in the in, in working is people obeying the word. Um, we have to actually do what the word says. Um, and so God has taught me and taught others. And, um, and in, in the word, it's very clear that there's laws of sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. And so um, people need to be taught those things. And so it's, it doesn't start, you know, it's step by step, level by level. We actually have books, uh, one book that I'm just finishing translating right now um, that's going to be just helping people start step by step in, in business. It's actually called um, God's Laws for Business, and it helps people to start small businesses where they're at. And um, the Bible says that the hand of the diligent is made rich. And so it doesn't say the hand of the American is made rich. Now, I do know that there word. is... Uh, there's a blessing upon America because of America's obedience to, to finance the gospel around the world. And um, the, the founding fathers, not, th- not that they were all perfect, but um, mm-hmm. a lot of them had a commitment to um, see a nation raised up to glorify God. And, um, and so there's, there's, there's blessing on America that some other nations um, have to trudge, trudge through the mud. You know, like I, I've told my dad, my dad's 85. And I told him, you know, I said, dad, I said, I said, I've, I know people that are your age that have worked probably a hundred times harder in their life and don't have one one hundredth of what you have financially um, because you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And so that's why, you know, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. So if you see somebody who's a Christian living in America um, and they're just barely scraping by, it's either one of two things. One, they don't understand the principles. Or two, they're just really selfish because the, the blessing of God is available. There's, there's natural blessings on America, and there's also uh, supernatural uh, abundance that God has blessed America with. And then if you have the Word of God, and the Bible says that if the principles of, of sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, and um, if, you, if you're not working those principles because you're comfortable just getting by— it's really just, it's just selfish because you're just like, well, I've got, you know, I've got enough for me and my family. So people will say, well, you know, I don't need to be blessed. I don't need a lot of money to, you know, because I'm, I'm content with just what I have. What you're really saying is I'm, in, I'm, I'm content with what I need, but I'm not, I'm not you, we can't be content not meeting the needs and preaching the gospel around the world. You're spitting some hot fire there. That's good. It's needed. I'm thinking about some of the ministers that I know that would be considered wealthier. Their motive is not their own wealth. Their motive is the gospel. And I think that's one of the keys to the blessing of God being pretty evident in your life. You know, there's a a cliche saying that, you know, God gets it to you so he can get it through you. Um, and so those people, all of their main goal, it's a Matthew six thirty three, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So when you make his thing, your thing, you prioritize his thing, he'll add the finances and out of the excess, I mean, you're living and you know, the other cliche saying I'm living in the overflow. That's really yeah. someone who's determining to put the kingdom above their own, you know, natural wealth, but God just takes care of the rest. Yeah. I want to say this too. Um, do you see, you know, we, we talked about how the Western mindset kind of doles us down um, in a lot of regards. Uh, do you see a lot of miracles take place in countries that don't have the access and the luxuries that we do here? 
Yeah, I'm, you know, in America, just like a lot of people are dependent on their jobs and dependent on doctors. Um, in, in other countries, you see people who don't have those luxuries, so they have to believe God for their healing. They have to believe God for uh, finances, for God to meet their needs. And so we see a lot of people getting born again because they get healed and get mm. delivered and set free. And so, but the, the, that same gospel works. You know, you could actually, we just, we just said, does the prosperity gospel work in foreign countries? And then people would say, well, God heals people and does miracles in foreign countries, but we don't see it here in America. Well, that same gospel works around the world. If the gospel of healing works in African countries or in, in, in third world countries around the world, in, in Asian parts of the world or, or Middle Eastern countries, and people are seeing miracle signs and wonders, that same gospel, God wants to see it work in healings in America. But we have to just believe God. You know, um, one minister that um, I really honor and respect said, you know, basically we get out of this life what we believe for, nothing more, nothing less. And so um, you, um, you, you, God doesn't honor need. He doesn't honor people who are in, in desperation. The Bible says that, that faith pleases God, and, yeah. and he honors faith. He respects faith because faith is believing him at his word and obeying his word. And so that's where, you know, whatever area of your life that you see the promises of God, that you and I see the promises of God um, manifesting, it's the area that we've taken God at his word, and we've yeah. trusted him, and we've, um, put, we've honored his word and respected his word, and we've rejoiced at his word. And, and in the areas where we don't see it, it's because we haven't, we haven't, we've basically um, disrespected the word or, or haven't honored the word in that area. So, I think the listeners would like to hear what your work looks like in, yeah. in the land that you're in. What do you and your family do? So we have, um, we actually moved there with $35 of monthly support. So um, there was uh, between a, a small church in Virginia and, and, and a, my, one of my uncles in Southern California, they, they, Actually, it, was, it wasn't the whole church in Virginia. It was a senior citizen Sunday school class. Um, and they pulled together a little bit every month. And my uncle pulled together a little bit every month. And we had a total of, when we left to move, a total of $35 of monthly support. Not just to support you, but you and your family. Yeah. And so uh, I have a, at the time, I had a seven-month-old baby. And, um, and so um, he's 16, no. Yeah, he's 16 years old now. And, um, and uh, so... Um, but we, we moved over there and um, basically um, started learning the language. I spent um, six years You moved studying. there with $35 of support not knowing yeah. the language. Now, I had – no, I didn't know Ooh. the language. But now I did have a couple thousand dollars in the bank account. So it wasn't like I just had $35. I'd saved up money to be able to um, – buy the plane tickets and the tickets were paid for. And then I had a couple thousand dollars, you know, left over after I purchased the tickets and, um, uh, was able to rent at, uh, basically an apartment that was unrenovated and un it didn't have any, um, toilets or bathtubs <laughs> or kitchen sinks or anything. And I, I, I did all the renovations. I laid the tile and, um, did all the renovations, put in cabinets and bathtubs and toilets. And actually there were just pipes coming out of the wall for the water and pipes <laughs> in the floor. You moved into an apartment that had no necessities. <laughs> yeah. So in, 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 in Asia, there's a lot of places where that's, that's how it is. And so, um, where you can run them, well, you, you get a better deal that way. <laughs> Naturally. So it ended up being about $75 a month for the rent instead of, you know, being, yeah. a, you know, a, 
couple hundred dollars a month. And you got to make it the way you wanted it. Yeah, exactly. So get to pick out the tile I wanted. But so he still um, has the pipes coming out the wall. He likes that. <laughs> so um, yeah, but then um, so uh, got over there, and then I, I enrolled at the university there and started um, studying the language and studied the language for six years. Did that equip you to have a student visa to be there? Yeah, so I had it. Yeah, I was on a student student visa for seven years. The first seven years in the country, I was on a student visa. So. Um, but then within the first year, um, I also opened a, a Western restaurant next to a 16,000 student university. <laughs> yeah. And there so, you go. Were you like um, serving burgers and hot dogs? Burgers, not hot dogs, but uh, we did <laughs> burgers choice. and steaks. Hot dogs are not, they're, they're very inferior to burgers in my mind. <laughs> right, mindset. but what's more Cost American, effective? a hot dog? I feel like a hot dog is. Yeah, it just depends. All right, we're getting off topic. Keep (laughs) going. You had a Western restaurant. I crossed the street from a 16,000-member university. So then the students would come to practice English, and we did English corners to help them with their spoken Mm. English, and then also to um, just basically preach the gospel to them. So we developed relationships. Because in you know it's not like in America where you can open a church and put a sign up and advertise, and you know you you basically uh, we had to have creative God ideas to be able to, um, well, in your nation, there's state churches, right? Yeah, there are. Mm. Um, and they're, um, are they gospel be, churches? There used to be, it, it, a lot of that's changed. It used to be, um, there used to be some very good state churches, um, that people were actually getting born again in. And, that, and then I'm sure there's still people getting born again, in even the state churches now. Um, but, um, there's been a lot of persecution. There's clampdown, um, in the last few years, and um, they're really, um, they're not, they're, they've, they've replaced a lot of the really good pastors with um, all of the, all of the pastors in those state churches were trained in um, government seminaries. Um, so um, they were all kind of given, even though the, a lot of them were, were born again pastors, they were still kind of, you know, given instructions on what to do and how to do it. Um, and, and like I said, many years ago, so I started going to that country um, in 2005 and moved there in 2007. And for several years, it was actually getting easier to do ministry and preach the gospel in our country. Um, but then um, in the last few years, it's persecution has increased. And so, but there were a lot of churches, you know, the government um, churches, state churches, where um, p- people were hearing the gospel and there were, the, you know, I met the pastors and the pastors, you know, were actually, I believe, born again. You know, when you ask them the questions of why they think they were born again, they would say, because I've placed faith in the blood of Jesus, and I believe that Jesus died on the cross and, and, and rose from the dead, and, you know, um, I'm saved by grace through faith. And so a lot of them were, were like that, but um, a lot of the pastors that were really influential in leading people to Christ and people were growing, growing spiritually um, have been replaced, or they didn't feel comfortable in that environment any longer because the, the, the regulations were becoming so stringent that um, they felt like they had to um, move on and do more of a house church, uh, which is the, 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 the majority of Christians in our nation are, are house church Christians. So, Just for fun, what was the name of your restaurant? Um, Daddy's Diner. <laughs> <laughs> now, why Daddy's Diner? Because Father God. Wow. So it was like Abba, Father. He's the Father. So it was, it was, we did it as an outreach. Okay. Um, Nice. And um, it was to, you know, we gave it, you know, we wanted the business to glorify God and to be used for his kingdom. So, And it was an open avenue for you to minister the gospel to people, starting with relationship to them. 
Yeah, yeah. So they would come, like I said, because um, a lot of the students wanted to um, try Western food because they'd never had it. And then, and then, so they would come for that. And then also um, they wanted to practice English. And so it was just an open door for us yeah. to be able to develop relationships. Nice. Um, and then a lot of the articles that we'd use to um, practice English with were, you know, Bible scriptures. Um, not necessarily like, you know, there's lots of stories in the Bible that you can use that are, that you know, that are, you could, if you don't know better, they're not, they're just generic stories of people's lives. And so we used a lot of those at the beginning to just, you know, give, to develop conversations. And then when we knew somebody had come back enough times that we knew they weren't like a, a spy from the government coming in to check on us. And we, you know, we had a relationship with them. Um, <clears throat> then we would, you know, start using more scriptures concerning the gospel and Jesus and, and um, leading so, people to Christ. So. so you started with the restaurant. You don't have that restaurant anymore. No, I turned that over to the Nationals. Okay. And um, so they Did took they it changed over completely. the name? That's really no, important. No, uh, the name stayed the same. Okay. So. I mean, because when I started the restaurant, I had a, a local national that was my manager. And so when we named it, we sat down together. Say, and, isn't that a big red flag? Like this guy's naming it Daddy's Diner? I mean, there's lots of daddies in the world. I mean, uh, I was a daddy. And so, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of daddies so, in the hey, world. Hey, daddy's a good name. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So they, I mean, there's pop, what you, in America, even there's restaurants like, like, Big Papa or something Big like Papa's, that. Yeah, Big Mama's, Papa's. Mama's restaurant. You go in the Mama's. South, it's Mama's Kitchen all over <laughs> yeah, the place. Yeah, that's cool. That's so. cool. Okay, so what So what was the next step after that? And maybe just kind of lead us through the journey to where you are now in your ministry. So basically through um, that um, restaurant, we led a lot of people to Christ. And then we started discipling them and doing one-on-one discipleship. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people in America think that discipleship is just coming to a Thursday night class and going through a discipleship book, which is part of it. And it's a very good part of it. But there's way more to it than that. Um, Jesus broke, be- broke bread with his disciples and he um, fellowshiped with them and they live, lived life together. And so the restaurant gave us an opportunity to, you know, a lot of a lot of the people that we. Yeah, a lot of the people that we um, uh, led to the Lord. Um, were even our employees because you know we had waiters and waitresses and cooks um but they were able to um experience life and and when they made mistakes and when i made mistakes and we had um when we had failures uh, you know you that's where you grow and learn together that's how you really disciple is by living life through the mis- through the failures and through the um um victories i think that's a big avenue that a lot of business owners miss out on on their mission field is their employees you can have a great influence i know one of my friends he owns his business and he's really endeavoring to minister to his employees to get them saved that's that's a big uh missionary outreach even for local business owners you now and you might get there but Maybe I can expedite it a little bit. Also help people with sex trafficking, don't you? Well, rescue. <laughs> sex trafficking and rescue. <laughs> that's, that's, help a good, the sex that's a good distinction to make. It, would you be able It's to- amazing how many people, like, it's, it's like... You help the, with sex trafficking, the, right? The that's large awesome, majority of man. people that say it say it like that, I'm like, we, we need to... No, we, need to, um, we dismantle it. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. change the way we say that. Thank you. It's I, funny, I though. You help direction. with the rescue. Yeah, it's funny that the larger majority of people say it like that. I'm like... Uh, let's let's say that. but um uh so yeah so <laughs> that's so, funny so through that restaurant um we led a bunch of people to christ and then we discipled them and then we started our bible schools through that um and our you know right now um a lot of our bible school um leaders and um 
instructors came out of that restaurant. Um, so um, uh, we, we, and through that, actually, uh, it's a neat story how we started rescuing girls from, um, from sex trafficking. Uh, two of our waitresses, uh, actually, the, the first started with the one, uh, but she came and uh, she came and interviewed for the job. And um, we, act, I, she came in on a Friday evening and um, she filled out the application. And I said, hey, be back here tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And um, got there Saturday morning and was waiting and waiting and waiting at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m. And I'm like, okay, she must have decided not to come. She must have found a better job. Or, and so like, at like noon, she shows up, like three hours late for the job interview. And uh, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like who comes to a job interview three hours late? I mean, either you show up on time, you, sh you should show up early, but if you don't, if you can't show up on time, just don't even show up. And so um, she walks up and we had these glass doors in, at the restaurant. I'm like, I was like, like, you got to be kidding me. And so I, in, my, in the natural, I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to, you know, hire this girl that, that showed up three hours late for the job interview. But on the inside, you know, the Bible says as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so we always endeavor, and especially in a country like we're in, you have to endeavor to be led by the Holy Spirit in everything you do. Absolutely. And um, and so, uh, I, you know, she walks up, and I'm in my natural mind, I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to hire you. But I feel like on the inside, I'm supposed to interview her. And so uh, my manager and I, we interviewed her, and she was just as unqualified as everybody else. None of them had any experience working in a restaurant. They were all, you know, university students. Um, but on the inside, the Holy Spirit was just, you know, that still small voice saying, you know, you need to hire her. And so um, hired her, and then um, she invited her best friend to come, and her best friend uh, came and interviewed and showed up on time. And so uh, and um, we, uh, they both got hired, and they both went through the training process and became good employees, and they, they, they both got born again and filled with the Spirit, and uh, they went through our discipleship program. And then it was actually God put it on their heart to start rescuing girls from human trafficking. And um, so it was just like that, you know, that little thing, you know, when you asked about, you know, supernatural miracle things, really the, the, the human trafficking rescue ministry we have is a miraculous thing in, on le many levels. Um, but it started out with a miraculous thing that, you know, there's a, a statement people say, you know, oftentimes we miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. Mm -hmm. And so it was very supernatural that God led us to hire somebody that showed up three hours late for an interview. But it wasn't, you know, it didn't look seem miraculous to most people at that time. Uh, but so she came and um, God, the, the, God put it on their hearts, the two of them, to start um, rescuing girls. And so they actually started going to these brothels, taking gifts to the brothel owners and taking gifts to the girls that, um, that were being trafficked. Um, just to develop relationships, because in, in Asian countries, um, relationships, it's huge. You can't do anything. You can, there's things you can do with relationships that you can't do with money. Um, and the same is true in America, but even more so in, in Asia. And so um, they went to one of these brothels and, and eventually spoke to one of the brothel owners and said, would you like to meet an American that can speak your language? And, um, and he said, I've never met an American, much less an American that can speak my language. And so... Um, he said, sure. And so he, he had um, opened a tea shop. And so I met him at his tea shop and um, got to know a little bit about him and told him a little bit about myself and shared the gospel with him. And just like the Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation. 
Um, in your first meeting with him, you shared yeah, the gospel yeah. with him? Because I didn't know if I'd have a second meeting with him. So, I mean, and you know, and you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. You don't always share the gospel in the first meeting, but right. you just be led by the Holy Spirit. And so I shared the gospel with him and, and um, the power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, he was convicted of his sin and he repented and he actually shut the brothel down and wow. set a bunch of girls free. And <laughs> wow. uh, now he's, awesome. he's actually set, helping us rescue girls from other brothels um, because it's illegal to do what people do um but you have to have connections on the inside basically it's almost like organized crime and so um he has connections he knows people he knows where these brothels are he's able to give us information we need and so um um now he's like i said helping us rescue the girls and so um and he had other sources of income he you know um had other businesses it wasn't like it was um he had to it was his only source of income so but it still is miraculous because he was making a lot of money um on this one particular business, and there was no reason in the natural for him to stop, um, but the gospel um, sets pe- people free from sin, sickness, disease, poverty, and lack, um, if we believe it. So, praise God. That's a great story, man. It is an awesome story. Great testimony. Just to see how it all goes back to following the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And yeah. in meeting you for the second time, because apparently the first meeting wasn't very impactful at the prayer conference. I was in the spirit praying. I was, <laughs> we were, you were in the spirit. I was in the spirit. We were, we were yeah. deep in I prayer. I still noticed you in the physical though. <laughs> was it the same prayer conference that I was at? No, it was oh. a one before that. Okay. Same conference, different year. Different year. No, but you said that you got to the country you were in by following what the Holy Ghost led you through praying in the Holy Ghost. So yeah. really praying in the Holy Ghost got you to the place you were going. Yeah, exactly. Led you to hire somebody. Yeah. Put in that person's heart a ministry, yeah. opened a door, yeah. and then led you to share the gospel with yeah. him and then led that person yeah. to wow. continue. Praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost um, is it's vital. It's key. It's like I always use il- this illustration. It's like if you're going to go to the, uh, a, jungle, a jungle somewhere and you don't know how, you don't know the jungle, you don't know your way through, you don't know the the wild animals and poisonous snakes, you hire a guide. And the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as our guide. And so that guide would go ahead of you with a machete, maybe a, maybe a, a, a rifle, That's good. and would walk through the forest and cut the vines and kill the snakes and clear the path. And then you just walk on through. And that's really what praying in the Holy Ghost does. It, it, pre- it prepares a path. Not that there's not challenges still that we have to you know walk through by faith, but it, it just opens the door for the will of God and the plan of God. And so I, I can't, couldn't overemphasize praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, um, spending time in, in, in praying in the spirit is, is so valuable. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners, actually, I'm confident in saying this, probably all of our listeners go, wow, persecuted Asian countries so far away from what I'm dealing with right now. What should I do with what I'm hearing? What would you tell the person listening to this podcast to do with what they're hearing? Well, the Bible tells us that uh, those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And so the first thing that I would say is if, if you're looking at this and be like, man, I don't, think I've, I don't feel like I've ever done an exploit for God. The first thing I would do is tell you to, to just the same thing that I did was spend time seeking God, pressing in um, and praying in, praying in the spirit, spending time in the word. Um, praying things out in English, um, and um, and then getting to know God more intimately because ministry has to flow out of your personal relationship with God. And um, as you do that, um, he's going to lead you into what you're called to do. 
Um, but the key to it, you know, people say, oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to go out and do an exploit for God. Well, don't just hear this and then try to go do an exploit. Um, get to know your God more intimately. Um, first of all, through, um, coming to church and fellowshipping with other believers, but also, you know, and worshiping, worship, worshiping together with other believers, praying together with other believers, studying the word together with other believers, but also worshiping, praying, and, um, studying the word privately. You have to do it privately and, and, and corporately. Um, but then um, the Holy Spirit will lead you. Like I said, when we started out, it was a restaurant. Um, whatever God's telling you to do, um, do it. And um, just take that step by step, um, and God will lead you into, you know, into supernatural things that, um, as you obey God. You know? But you have to, here's the thing that I think the key to really obeying God is you've got to do something in faith. And most people don't really use their faith. Most people, and what I mean by that is you really got to listen and hear God's voice and then do something that if God doesn't get involved with it, if God doesn't intervene, if he doesn't partner with you, that you're going to fall flat on your face and look like a fool. Because otherwise, otherwise you're not in faith. You're basically just doing something by sight. You're looking at your bank account. You're looking at, at your natural abilities or your natural resources or your job or your paycheck or your retirement fund. And you're saying, I can do this. You know, I think I, think I can. And not that you can't use your faith, you know, volunteering and serving in the nursery. You should be. You should be using your faith to see the children. If there's a kid that comes in sick or upset, you should be using your faith to minister to those kids. Yeah. Um, but... Y- you got to do something that that requires. There's a lot of people that serve in the nursery that don't use their faith when they're in the nursery. A lot of people that serve in the youth ministry that don't use their their faith when they're ministering to the to the youth. And I, w- I was a youth pastor for for f- like four years um, and volunteered in youth ministry for for many years before that. And it's really easy just to show up and not use your faith. But um, in order to really, the Bible says it's without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so faith is doing something that you can't see possible with your resources, your natural talents, your natural abilities, uh, what you have in your hand or what's available to you. And so if you really want to see God move in these supernatural ways, you've got to please him and you have to please him by faith. And so you got to, you know, don't just don't just find foolish things to do, but you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. I've heard it said that our life shouldn't make sense without God. Yeah. And if your life can make sense, if God wasn't even in the equation, you're not living by faith. That's another way to say it, right? That's great. And it's so simple to look at. If my life would make sense if God wasn't even real, or if I was a secular atheist, somebody could follow the same path and get to where I'm going, then I'm living far below what's available for me and what God can do for me. Yeah. And you're really going to struggle just like um, the scripture that was quoted earlier, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Um, I was just talking to somebody earlier this week and they were like, they said, uh, I said, you know, are you going to church on Sunday? They said, well, they'd been dealing with some stomach issues and they're like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm, if I feel, if I have enough energy, if I'm not too tired, then I'm going to go. And if not, I, I might just need to stay home and rest. And, and there, there's some times when that might be wisdom to do that. Um, but here's the, and, and, and maybe a lot of times there might be wisdom in that. Uh, you should be led by the Holy Spirit because you might go to church and get healed there. But here's the thing. Most people give all of their energy and all of their resources and all of their talents serving mammon, basically serving their, their employer. 
and and then they give God their leftovers, and they wonder why when they sow and then and when they give and when they tithe, um, they're like, I don't understand why this doesn't seem to be, be working for me, and they're not um, they're not really doing. Um, Matthew 6, 33, they're, they're not seeking first the kingdom of God because seeking first the kingdom of God is not just, um, okay, I gave him the first 10 minutes of the morning. Now that's part of it and that's good, um, but it's more than that. It's putting God and his kingdom first in your life. And most people don't do that. Most people put you know, their, their job and, 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 and um, their own needs first and then they put the kingdom of God last and they, and they get frustrated because it's like, man, this doesn't feel like it's working and I feel like I'm just struggling. And then, you know, you, you it's step by step. It's, you don't, like I said, don't go out and do something foolish that is way beyond your, um, you know, what you've done in the past. You know, if you've never given away a hundred dollars, don't go give away your house. Um, if you've never, you know, if you've never given away, um, you know, $200, don't give away your car because, you know, when I went to Bible school, they told us the story of people who, you know, one person gave away their car and then they got blessed with a brand new car. And then two or three other people gave away their car, not because the Holy Spirit led them to, but just because they, they wanted a new car, but the Holy right. Spirit didn't lead them to give away their car and they end up walking for the next, yeah. you know, six months. Uh, so when I say do something that if you do something that if God doesn't get involved, you're going to fall flat on your face. Um, do it at your level where it's, it has to be above what you've, what you've, what you can see. And it has to be beyond what you can do with your natural resources, but don't go so far beyond, um, unless the Holy Spirit's just leading you and you know that you know that you know that God's leading you, you know, you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. But if you've never, if you don't feel like you've ever been led by the Holy Spirit before, or you feel like you've missed it more times than you've, um, hit it, hit it then don't go do something that's way out beyond, um, what, what, what you can do, do something beyond yourself that's impossible without God, but do it step by step and go up level by level by level. Um, faith to faith, glory to glory. Yeah. Amen. Well, the key thing in all that, as you said, was being led. Um, and I think I mentioned this a few podcasts ago, but I heard a minister say this, that God will lead you to do things that might be beyond your experience level, but they're not beyond your capacity. And really meaning the capacity that is in you by the Holy Spirit. And like you said, if you when you're talking to somebody who you you know who's listening to this, what's the next step? You said do an exploit. But before you do that, you have to have an intimate relationship with God and be led by his spirit in everything. So if he's if you want to do something beyond your own experience level, you better make sure that you're led yeah. to do so or you, like you said you're going to fall flat on your face. Yeah. Um, being led means you know his voice. Knowing his voice means you've been spending time with him. So I like how you're just wrapping that all up. Relationship with the Holy Spirit is really the key to stepping out and doing those exploits. Um, just my thoughts on the matter. But Amen. I agree. Yeah. Well, as we're turning the corner of this podcast, is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, so God's just been so good and um, blessing us and the ministry with, um, we have Bible schools, we um, have an orphanage in, uh, in Thailand. Thailand's not really, I can mention this one because Thailand's not really a, a persecuted nation. Um, we have an orphanage in Thailand um, with um, 72 um, Myanmar refugee orphans. Their parents were killed um, in Myanmar or Burma, same country. Um, and um, 
we, like I said, rescue girls from human trafficking. We have two uh, rescue rehab homes right now with um, a total of 40 girls that we've rescued. And we teach them life skills and job skills and business skills. And so um, not only, not just rescuing them, but also helping them to um, find out who they are in Christ um, and what God's done for them. And then also, but also teaching them, like a lot of them couldn't even read when we, when we rescued them because a lot of them were orphans um, that aged out of the adoption system. Um, and so um, God's given us just wisdom to help them with different jobs and different businesses. And so God will bless your business if you're a business owner or even an employee. Um, business owners are looking for employees that are diligent, hardworking, loyal, that show up on time, that work when they're you know, supposed to be at work. But then if you come up with ideas that make your boss money, he's going to love you uh, and you're going to get promoted. And it, it, when people say, you know, I don't know, I can't seem to get promoted or I can't seem to make any money in America, I'm like, I've just, um, I've never left a job, and I've had several secular jobs before I went into full-time ministry, where when I tried to leave, they tried to give me a, a raise and a promotion to get me to stay. And that's not anything on me. It's just if you follow biblical principles and you're diligent and you're hardworking um, and you're loyal and you show up on time and you, you know, you're not playing on your phone, um, you're, it's hard to find people like that. In, and um for most employees. Now, if you're a Christian business owner, I always say for them, they should be saying, they should never say it's hard for me to find good employees because they should be speaking the word saying it. It's so easy for me to find good employees, you know, but, um, but, you know, for most people, it's hard to find employees that are, that are loyal and diligent. And so, um, but, but just use, use your faith for raises and for wisdom to help your company. If you're working for a, a business or a company and use your faith to, in every area of your life, um, but God's just given us wisdom in so many ways to reach out into other nations and, and to do all these things. And most of them were just things that seemed very natural. But as we took that first step of faith and then took the second step of faith, um, we saw how God supernaturally got involved and we didn't fall flat on our face. You know, and there have been times where, you know, there have been times where we have fallen on our flight, our, our face. <laughs> We have fallen on our face and, and, you know, things didn't, not everything worked out. You know, we're giving you the highlights because of, you know, for time, but, um, you know, there's going to be successes and there's going to be failures. Um, but you just keep picking up one foot after the other and just keep obeying God. And, and, and the more successes you have, the easier it gets to hear his voice and the easier it gets to walk by faith. Praise God. Thank you. That's been really great. You've shared some great things and things we all can apply. And the way we wrap up this podcast is by doing the wisdom of the day, the one takeaway that we're going to chew on from this podcast. Do either of you want to go first? We just let him go last. Yeah, we'll honor you, let you go last. <laughs> Listen to what we say. <laughs> Build off of ours. Just joking. Okay. Yeah, we know Sounds you are. Good. Um, uh, yeah, I'll go first. So the story that you told about the brothel just blew me away. Um, and just thinking about how you are, where you are now and where you came from and the steps that God, that you took being led. I just think that's just so cool. Cause I think in the natural, you know, there's an opportunity to open up a restaurant. You might be able to see how you can make a connection, but you know, you're believing for an end goal and you're like, God, like this is what I want. But then he gives you this and you're trying to figure out how does this all make sense? Um, so I just thought that was so cool how you just obeyed and how that small thing opened up 
you know, the avenue for that girl who came three hours late, right? And then that opened up the opportunity for helping out with not sex trafficking, but helping fight against <laughs> sex, tra- trafficking. sex trafficking. And how if you're just obedient and you honor God and even the things that seem small or seem, things that don't seem relevant, he'll take you to the next step, into the next step, into the next step. Improve his faithfulness the whole way. So you're just your testimony, your story just blew me away. So thank you for sharing that. Praise God. Yeah. I have something on my Facebook profile that just says forever forward. And the way I see your life and your action and what you're communicating to us is move forward. And how do we move forward in the Christian life? Well, we live by faith. And if we're going to move forward into the will of God, it's going to require faith. And thank you for in these last few minutes, because what you shared was really spectacular and amazing. And we could look at you and go, man, he never missed. You say, we have missed it, but we've continued to move forward. Mm -hmm. And God is calling each of us to do great exploits, but the starting place is to know him and then to step forward on our knowledge and to stretch ourselves. So even if you fail, fail forward, keep moving forward, forever forward in faith. Amen. Yeah. And I would say, um, just, I'll just bring us back to where we started at the beginning, um, that, I believe that God has blessed us in Abraham, in Christ, to be a blessing to the nations. And um, that would include being a blessing to your, your next-door neighbor here in America, um, your coworker, your um, fellow student, um, your classmate, um, whatever, whatever sphere of influence you live and work and operate in, um, but also being a blessing to the nations because... Um, the Word of God tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I even preach this in, um, and I'll say this as I wrap up, um, I even preach this in, in, in other countries around the world, you know, that they have a responsibility to go to America. And I was actually in Las Vegas um, at a church and just visiting a church, and they actually knew me, but I didn't even know them. Um, I, you know, I knew of them, but I had never met them, and they asked me to come up and um, lead lead prayer and lead spirit led prayer. And I started praying things out as I prayed in the Holy spirit. And then, um, and, um, and then I, I spoke some things out and I, one of the things I prayed out that I think is really something that we as Americans should, um, um, add to our prayer is, um, that, God, that just like we said earlier, America has sown and given probably billions of dollars into world missions around the world over the history of America. And it was like, God was saying, he, he said, I, um, I haven't just given the gospel to America. I have given uh, as a responsibility to take the gospel around the world. You know, this, this mandate of go into all the world and preach the gospel wasn't just given to Americans. It was given to um, Koreans and Vietnamese and people from the Middle East and Africa. And so um, we need to be praying for missionaries to come from the other, other nations and reach America. And that's one of the things that I'd never thought of. Like, I mean, I kind of, kind of had thought of it, but it was like the, as I was praying out, the Holy Spirit emphasized that, that we need to be, that America right now is in trouble in a lot of ways. And one of the things that we need is we need those people from the other countries. They bring a supply that we need and they need to bring that supply from all these other countries and preach the gospel in America. And um, then the other thing was that we need to believe God. The Bible says that whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. And so, you know, if, if your church or, or your ministry or your, 
if, if you need resources for a bus or a van or a building or land or whatever it might be, we need to believe God for a harvest on those seeds that we've sown, that America has, seen, has sown into other nations. Um, and we need to believe God, be believing for a harvest on those seeds that we've sown um, in America so that because where America's heading right now, if we don't see revival, if we don't see people, um, you know, it's all good to have good politicians, but politics isn't going to restore America. It's going to be the gospel and the churches and the Christians obeying God and, and doing what God's called them to do, but we need resources to do that. And so it was like God was saying, one, we need to believe for, for a harvest of people from other nations to come and preach the gospel here in America. But secondly, we need to believe a harvest from God on the resources that, that we can put a demand on, not on God, we're not demanding God, we're, we're putting a demand on the resources that are in this world because God has placed things in this, in this natural realm that the enemy has basically taken the resources and is holding control of them. And we need to d demand this earth to give up the finances and the resources in, in response to the seeds that America has sown into other nations, we need to believe God for a, re, a, a harvest of resources to preach the gospel and to reach the lost here in our nation. That's hey, a man, great way so to wrap it up, man. The best way to wrap yeah. this podcast up is if you would pray for the audience and the word that was shared today as we wrap up this podcast. Would you be willing to do that? Yes, sir. Awesome. Father God, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We come to before you in the name of Jesus. We come boldly to your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Father, we thank you for the audience, everyone that's listening and that will listen. Lord God, we thank you that the right people will hear this. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you to just, as they listen, that you'll just um, minister to them, that, that you'll, through this, bring healing and freedom and liberty and, and just that your anointing and your grace would be upon it, we ask you. Father, we thank you that um, you'll just use this word to encourage people, to provoke people to love and good works, to provoke people to um, want to seek your face and that you'll just draw the audience closer to you in a closer relationship, Lord God, um, that you'll just um, bring increase in their life, increase in their finances, increase in wisdom increase in revelation, Lord, that you'll give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that you'll just bless them, Lord God, that you'll um, just just give them supernatural ideas, God ideas, and, and, and supernatural ways to reach their community and their neighbors and their co-workers mm -hmm. and the people in their influence, Lord God. Just, they don't have to look um, spectacular at the beginning, Lord God, but they can just be led by your Holy Spirit. And as they obey you, Lord God, that we thank you that, that as they take step by step, Lord God, we just ask you that you would be glorified through their lives in this next few months and this next year, Lord God, like never before, as they, as they take step by step to obey you and to, to, to press into you and your kingdom and seeking first the kingdom, that we ask you to just be glorified in their lives, in their families, in their ministries, in their jobs, in everything they do, Lord God. Be glorified like never before as they, as they purpose in their hearts this day to be doers of your word, to be doers of the word that they've heard today, Lord God. And we thank you that your word says that those that are doers will be blessed in their deed. We ask you for it, Father, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming, and thank you for the work that you do for the kingdom. We're believing for a great harvest for you.
and the people that you minister to, because I know that it's what's on God's heart in these last days. And we look forward to the next time that you come and visit us to be back and hear the awesome exploits that you're doing for the kingdom of God. We'll be back next week on the Sowing and Growing podcast with J&J.